Hello and welcome. This is Lights Out and away we go with the episode. With a Formula One podcast for fans and by fans. I'm Will and as I look across the digital garage, as always, I'm joined by my co-driver, or should I say my co-host Sam. Hello Sam, how are you? Hi Will, hi guys. Uh, I'm, <laughs> very, I'm very well thanks, how are you? How was your weekend? That was very good, that was very good. Um, I, I'm very good, I'm very uh, hoarse and very husky. Uh, it was my brother's wedding uh, on at the weekend, which was an amazing weekend, very, very special. And as the best man, I was coming down with a sore throat before it. After lots of drinking and dancing and partying and singing and shouting, my voice is taking a few days to uh, get back. So I've gone, I've gone down an octave or two. But uh, yeah, no, it was very, very, very good. How about you? How was your weekend? Well, before I get to that, let's just say congratulations to Greg on behalf of the yes. podcast. If you're well, listening, you Greg, hope you had a lovely weekend. Congratulations from us both. Um, uh, yeah, my weekend was lovely, thank you. Lots of time uh, with Junior. Um, spent a bit of time gardening today. We went out for a nice picnic with my sister and her kids and her partner yesterday. That was really good. Um, I've actually got an F1-related recommendation for you as well. Ooh. So Ooh, go on. whilst Junior was having a nap this afternoon, I watched uh, Mansell Williams, Red 5, Ooh. which is a documentary all about Nigel Mansell. And, um, well, it's probably, yeah, it's all about Nigel Mansell, but... Um, with obviously a particular focus on Williams, who he won the championship with in 92. Um, but it's on, I watched it on Sky. Sky. Yeah. yeah, I watched it on Sky. It is a really good documentary. It's like an hour and a half long, but it's fantastic. Oh. Um, so yeah, highly recommend. I'll, I'll give that a watch. And doesn't, and doesn't um, Sebastian Vettel now own Red 5? He does. Yeah, he appears in it. Um, oh. Well, that little bit, you know, when he drove, he drove it at Silverstone, didn't he, earlier yes, this year? He did. So yeah, that, yeah. that was filmed as part of the um, the documentary. So we got to see that. And uh, yeah, Vettel's reaction when he got out of the car was just a picture because he just looked at Nigel and said, you're a madman. How the hell did you drive this? <laughs> um, which was quite enjoyable. So um, yeah, no, really good documentary. For any, any, oh. so it should be a must, I think, for any F1 fans. So. Oh, I'll make sure to check that out. And I, I went back and watched the, uh, re-watched the Guy Martin uh, pit stop when it becomes mm. the pit crew very very good would recommend it's, yeah, really, it's on youtube I'm to, yeah i'm yet to get on that i will i will watch it very good so we had the zanvorth grand prix i sadly missed it so i've caught up watched the highlights and been reading and some articles about it as well uh so sam who won the race well guys uh max <laughs> verstappen uh yeah max verstappen won the race well, <laughs> surprise surprise um best driver in the best car uh, it's a combo to die for, and uh, yeah, nine nine in a row, uh, totally dominant. It was, do you know, what? it was it was an awful lot more interesting than I think it would have been if uh, if it had been really dry. Um, right. We got two quite big chunks of weight of rain during the course of the Grand Prix that made it quite interesting. Um, but Max was still in a class of his own and totally destroyed everybody. So yeah, it doesn't really mean, it seems to matter what they throw at him. No. Um, he just serenely glides his way to victory after victory. And an awful lot could have gone wrong for him as well, I think, yesterday. Um, and yet nothing did. <laughs> it just serenely wafted his way to yet another victory. Um, yeah, pretty scary. He doesn't even look like he's trying, really. Um, and this was a race where he, he actually did have to try a little bit. Um, yeah, madness. You watched the highlights, didn't you? What did you make of his uh, utter well, he, domination? Well, he didn't, he didn't feature much, which was... Something yeah. in itself, you know. You thought you thought for someone like that, you know, for the lead in a, a dramatic thing. It was more focusing on the race for second and and those behind him. But yeah, he he did look in a different league from just the, the highlights I saw. And you know, for that first lap, he was miles ahead of of the pack by the end of the first lap. Uh, yeah, just 
he's on he's matched Vettel's record now of nine consecutive wins. He could he could go on and win every race of the season, couldn't he? He he just looks in that in that form with that car, he just looks unbeatable. Um and it feels like we we say this every time he wins the race, but it just he's he is having an incredible, incredible season. It will go down in in history is one of the greatest seasons ever, I think. And rightly so, because he, he's doing amazing things in that car. And his teammate is definitely making him look even better because his teammate is all over the place, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll come on to as well. But I, I, I saw that he's now got a lead of 138 points in the World Championship, <laughs> which is very, very, very depressing. And uh, and also very impressive. And I, I calculated that in theory, he could win the World Championship in three races time in Japan. Which would, you know, so if Checo or someone has a mare in, in Monza and doesn't score, there's still like a third of the season left after the Japanese Grand Prix. That's I ridiculous. I know six, six or seven races in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, and I think, I think we both saw this on the on Twitter, or as it's now known as X, that uh, he's only dropped twenty three points from the maximum mathematically possible this season, which is less than a race win. That's that's the level of form he's on. Like. Not even Lewis, when he was at his peak, was close to those sort of numbers. So uh, just faultless, really, absolutely faultless. Yeah. And no one, no one looks close to laying a glove on him at the moment. No, and I think this will probably go down as one of his best wins this season um, mm. because it was well, interesting. He, he, did, he had to, he had to do stuff to win, right? Rather than just yeah. put the car on first and bring it home, he actually had to fight through and manage the wet weather. Yeah, well, he said actually in his in his post post race, and he said post match then in his post race um, interviews and stuff, he did say that he found it personally a bit more enjoyable and a bit more interesting because he did actually have to push. And that, that tells you an awful lot about the rest of the season, which mm, uh, we've discussed mm. many times, so let's not do that again. But um, yeah, you did actually see him put the foot down a little bit a couple of times during the race, particularly immediately after pit stops. And um, yeah, there was what, I think it was after the f- second set of stops. No, the, it was after the first set of stops when he came out behind Checo. He was seven point something seconds behind him, put his foot down and had overtaken him within four laps. <laughs> it was just like okay i mean and then he just didn't have to try anymore and just yeah, yeah ran off and scampered off into the distance it was yeah he yeah he is um he's on another planet i think at the moment i think there's probably one or two drivers down the grid that might give him a run for his money in equal machinery or at least in a car that could compete um a couple of whom we may well talk about at some point during the rest of this podcast but um yeah he's just yeah, he is the Thanos of Formula One right now. Just, <laughs> there's just no, there is no counter. He is inevitable. He is inevitable. Yep. Yeah, we we need Lewis Hamilton to be Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. And so we, I suppose, you should move on then because you know, so there's not much more we can talk about. Max, you know, strong win at his home race. That all those Dutch fans, hundred thousand of them, had a great time. Yeah, good for them. Um, but the race for second was pretty, pretty lively. And, and uh, the race itself was pretty lively. You know, even from the coverage, it did look it. And it broke the record for the most overtakes in a single race. It was 153, was it, in total? Yeah, I think they, it was I think or, it was 160-something. Oh, yeah, 153 was China. It's now like 164, I think it is, yeah. from uh, from Zandvoort. And 63 of those were all on the second lap. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the wet weather really did, you know, play play like you know because it came down quite quickly after the start of the race or on the first lap it was really heavy yeah and with the change in grip that the drivers had it just meant they were sort of sliding all over the place and passing each other really easily and no one could have enough grip to sort of fend off someone else so uh yeah it was, it was quite entertaining i thought and it must have been a good one to watch live and m- much better than the the snooze fest of spa uh, before the summer break 
Yeah, it was really good. And as, as someone who has badmouthed the the Dutch Grand Prix in recent <laughs> in recent times, actually, um, I was uh, yeah, I did find myself really enjoying it. I mean, never mind the stuff of you know up front, Max and winning and all the rest of it, because that's that is as we've alluded to it, absolutely inevitable. Um, but the race itself was really good, and on, on a circuit where it's not always the easiest to overtake. Hmm. But where the DRS is really powerful and you throw in like changeable conditions, obviously tire wear is a massive factor when you're switching from inters to softs and stuff as well. Um, it did result in some really good racing and we saw a lot of overtakes, which is, yeah, really good. So yeah, I I, um, I really enjoyed the race actually. Yeah, it was a good one. I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm like totally rethinking my, it shouldn't be on the calendar position, uh, but it's given me food for thought. I think it is, it would be a bit churlish for me to be like, no, bin it off still, even <laughs> after a race where we've had the most overtakes ever in a Formula yeah. One race. Um, yeah. But it can only stay if it rains. <laughs> Agreed. Do you know what? I was thinking about this as well. I mean, this is no comment on global warming whatsoever, but I don't remember. When was the last race where it didn't rain this year? Ooh, good question. Because I feel like it's rained at every race for the last like four or five Spain Grand Prix. It, Spain, it rained. Yeah. Spa, it rained. Silverstone, it rained. Silver, it rained. Hungary, it what? rained. Monaco rained. Yeah. My, my, the Middle East, Melbourne. That's so long ago. Yeah, <laughs> That's like yeah. five months ago. Yeah. Uh, Baku. Didn't rain Baku, did it? Yeah, maybe Baku was the last one. Yeah, so it's it's weird, isn't it? It's kind yeah. of, yeah, I don't remember the last, like, full race week, particularly race weekend. I don't remember a yeah. full weekend where at least one of the sessions wasn't uh, heaving down with rain. So, yeah. Well, could, 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 that, could that continue into Monza next weekend? Well, like, yeah, maybe, maybe. My, uh, well, we had a whole race rained off because of the rain, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Imola yeah, fl- Imola. flooded yeah, in yeah, Emilia-Romagna. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, my uh, my brother is on his honeymoon in Milan at the moment, and he said it is very wet there. So, uh, well, we're on course for it. We're on course I mean, for it won't bit. matter. Max will still win next weekend, but, you know, it might, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, some rain. We'll, we'll, well, we'll come on to that. We're coming, because he might, he might, it might not be a foregone conclusion. Oh, um, okay. But back back on to the, this race, um, I, I suppose we, there's quite a few people we want to cover off here. Let's let's start with Checo Perez. I'm going to give him my Latifi because he's had another really poor weekend. Um, you know, if I'm Red Bull management now, I think I'm now starting to get very concerned about his form and his confidence and whether he's good enough to still be a Red Bull driver. I think it's becoming, you know, it's, it's now a trend. It's now every, it's, it's happening repeatedly. He's making lots of mistakes. He's throwing points away. You know, he binned it in the first corner in the wet and then speeding the pit lane. So he kind of got a penalty. Uh, so he didn't get the third place, which promoted Gasly. And you know, Gasly was well within that five second window. It wasn't like he pushed and it was close. It was, you know, Gasly had it sewn up with a few laps to go. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's a really, really poor weekend for someone in the quickest car whose teammate is lightning quick. And yeah, I, I would, I'd be very, very worried if I was pressed because he's got, I think he's going to have to have a really big, end of the season to keep hold of that seat which is if I'd said that to you at the start of the season you said there's no way Checo will be fighting for his, his his Red Bull future and probably his F1 future really because I don't know where else he could go unless you know they took someone like Albon and Perez and you know Williams took a punt or something like Perez but yeah I'm not sure yeah, I mean, the thing that's saving him at the moment really is that they don't need him to be any better than he is currently because Max is so far ahead. No, they don't no. need the Minister of Defence, whatever it was they named him in 2021. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Mexican Minister of Defence, wasn't it? They renamed <laughs> him. Um, they don't need him for that. And equally, they don't need him picking up 
podiums every week because Max has accumulated yeah. so many points. Red Bull are going to walk the constructors anyway. I think if 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 either of those two things were slightly different, then yeah, they might be considering it, and maybe they'll think about it going into next season. But well, that's the thing. We we'll probably expect the field to bunch up next season a bit more and be able to close the gap. And they can't, you know, if, if they're in a very fortunate position where they can afford to carry their second driver who's having calamity after calamity. Whereas, you know, if you've got Ferrari, Mercedes or Aston Martin who get their act together and they're challenging them for wins and then that that, that constructor's title is no no longer a dead cert, they can't, they can't afford to carry a second driver like that, especially someone as experienced as, as Jekka Perez. He's not a rookie. He's a very, very experienced Formula 1 driver. Mm. So I think the thinking will definitely change when he gets to the winter because I think, right, you know, we might not be in this fortunate position where we can... You know, we've got it all sewn up completely. We can afford to carry someone that's making mistake after mistake. And Red Bull have shown they can they can be ruthless. You know, this is if this is twenty twenty one, Perez gets sacked. I think. I think you know, there's no yeah. way they they carry someone like that. They've done that before with with Gasly. He was sacked. Albon as well. He was sacked. You know, they've they've they will be ruthless if they need to be. And you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they get to that at the end of the end of the season if they're worried about the pack being much closer to them. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's. I feel a bit bad. I do feel a bit bad for Checo because he's sort of going through exactly what so many second drivers have gone through down the years, where they start a season, you know, full of hope. And we saw it with Bottas with Hamilton so many times. I mean, just go back and watch Drive to Survive and some of the preseason stuff where Bottas is like, I'm going to beat him this year. This is my year. And, you know, those drivers always come into the season thinking they're going to do it. And they, you know, they win, maybe win a couple of races early doors. And there are a few races early in the season that really favor Checo and how he drives. So, probably gives you a bit of a false uh some false hope i suppose but that there always comes a point i think for those drivers when they're up against particularly someone like max who as we've talked about is just totally dominant like i, I like i'm genuinely of a, an opinion now where like there's maybe one or two drivers that could even come close to him in, yeah. a, in a red bull right now so at some point a realization sets in for those drivers and it happened with bottas it happened with ricardo i think as well when he was racing against verstappen yeah at some point, those drivers realise they're never going to be able to beat them, and they don't understand how. And that's just, and you know, this comes out in the Mansell documentary. Actually, it's worth watching. Where like there are occasions where like Mansell's driving with someone, and he was a bit of a rookie at the time, and um, he couldn't believe how much faster they were than him, and he just didn't understand. Yeah, and he was a lucky one. Like he found the speed and fa- you know found you know a way of driving and stuff. Like, but it doesn't happen for everybody. And most times, particularly in modern Formula One, it doesn't. And yeah, there's just a genuine surprise with those people that they can't compete with who they're up against. Mm. And then, you know, confidence takes a massive hit. And I think we've seen that with Checo this season because he's not he's not been anywhere close to par, let's say. Like par for yeah. Checo is finishing second or third every weekend. No question. Um, in that car, I mean. And um, yeah, he's just gone through a massive or feels like he's going through a pretty enormous sort of confidence problem, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and it's hard. Like, what can you do? Like, you're watching your, your teammate drive off and beat you by 30 seconds every week. Like, yeah. in normal conditions. What you what can you do? You're probably trying even harder to be able to match him. And then you, you probably, you know, you're probably overdriving. You're, you're over-concentrating. And then you, you're you slipping and you make mistakes. Then you make one error and then you sort of beat yourself up. And then next thing you know, you you made another mistake. And then you really start to question your ability. And you know, yep. why can't you do the, what the same thing as the driver? I think what maybe next time we have a break in the, the calendar... We should have a look at who's the best number two driver because you could probably look back through Formula One history. There's, you know, if you looked at drivers that have been incredibly dominant, and then who's who's been the best 
at supporting them or being as, as close to them without sort of tailing off because you know Bottas was pretty good and you know he did suffer in that he did he was never really in the championship title fight at all but he still brought the, the car home in points so someone like you know just off the top of my head I was thinking like Rubens Barrichello he was very good at supporting Michael Schumacher mm-hmm. and very and he was very quick as well and you know similar when he was number two to uh Jensen at Braun we should definitely go back and have a look through Formula One history to see mm. who the best number twos are you know Mark Webber also springs to mind but I don't think Perez is going to be high up on that list of the best number twos no probably not and so with Perez having a bit of a shocker we did see the return of Mr. Fernando Alonso he's been very absent for about five six races he's back he's back at the front of the grid and he's causing problems and he's charging through the grid. He had a very, very good start to be up from, was it fifth to third within one, two laps, was it? I think it yeah, was. Yeah, and he was one of those that came in on lap one as well and benefited from switching to the Inter straight away. So. And what what did you put it down to? Did he, is, Have they found some car performance or do you think he just got a little very lucky in the sort of conditions with it being very wet? Or is it no, no, they, the found some, they found some performance. Aston, oh, Martin. Aston Martin have a new floor. Ooh, mm. what? What any? What's the major things of it? Well, do you remember they developed they, de- they developed the car in a direction, didn't they? I don't know, like four or five races ago, and just lost a load of, yeah. or felt like they lost a lot of performance. And Barcelona, they kind of went off in the wrong direction. Yeah, ironic for Alonso driving his home race. Um, <laughs> but I'm, unfortunate, obviously, rather than ironic. Um, yeah, so they've got a new floor. I'm not exactly sure what changes they've made and what the issues were because it's obviously all under the car. Like if it was above the car, I could make a, you know, or people could make a relatively educated guess about what the issues were. But because it's all floor and until you bin the car to such an extent, they have to lift it up on a crane. You never really get to see it, um, a la Monaco. Um, so not really sure, but whatever it is they've done, whatever you know, they've done to the new floor, it works very, very well. Um, Alonso, I think, drove a really good race as well. Like he was super feisty like keeping up with Checo as as far as he could um kept the pressure on him and then obviously you know he, I don't know if he forced Checo into that mistake into turn one but you got to be there to pick up the pick up the pieces as and when those things happen and he was and he, yeah he was just driving a really solid race um yeah but for Max we'd have had another Alonso Grand Prix victory um so yeah no just a really solid weekend he was good he was good all weekend actually Alonso I mean even you know in qualifying um like a few few kind of big names had issues some of which we'll talk about but he just sort of sorted through and yeah just put in a really solid performance for Aston Martin it's kind of exactly what you want really when you've been a team that struggled as they have the last few races bring some upgrades just think we're going to get solid results together now as a team and um, progress with the the direction they've got they're going in with the de- with the development of the car so yeah no just a, a bit a bit of both I think a bit of car a bit of fortune as well because the changeable conditions favored him definitely in you know getting the inters on early served him well yeah. Um, but then, yeah, he still had to drive a really good race um, to finish on finish on the podium, and yeah, looking looking back to his best again. And he's got that experience as well. You know, he's most experienced on the grid. He's driven so many races. He knows when to call the car and when you know what to do in those sort of circumstances. He's probably had multiple races like that in the past, so he's mm. he's not phased by it as well. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where how Aston do, you know, towards the end of the season because this could be quite good if they sort of had a bit of resurgence and started to challenge for for podiums again because they were a real force at the start of the season and they really did fade away um and just on the topic of aston did you see the rumors that apparently that lance stroll is considering quitting formula one to go become a tennis player yeah not not sure about that i think that's that's someone getting a bit carried away that's almost that's up there with the uh fernando alonso is dating taylor swift rumors that we had this this season as well <laughs> you brought those rumors to the podcast if i remember correctly i'm just reporting what i saw online i, I did not come up with them <laughs> but and i definitely did not come up with, with lance stroll playing tennis but um 
yeah anyway i kind of love his confidence though I mean, he, there was a quote doing the round something to the effect of yeah i'm a really good tennis player i mean i'm not saying i could beat novak and whatever you know some of the like the best tennis player you know, Al- alvarez but like uh, alcaraz rather um but he was like i don't know maybe if i got into it and you know played a bit more and stuff i'd give them a run for their money i'm just like you're talking about like one of the greatest tennis players ever to have lived. <laughs> you I'd, think, like... I'd love to see him playing Djokovic, just to Djokovic beat him 6 0, 6 0, 6 0. I think that would be absolutely. It would be quite funny, wouldn't but, it? Uh, that would be, be very Lance Stroll. We'd have to award him a Latifi on a weekend when he's not even in a car. <laughs> An honorary Latifi. <laughs> yes. And and so he, so yeah, he, uh, Alonso was, was second. We should talk about Mr. Pierre Gasly. Bit of surprise to see him on the podium after. Know the horrors that they've had this season, uh, and good for him as well. Was getting being in the right place at the right time, and you know, like I say, closing that gap to stop uh, Perez from nicking it off him. But he, he seemed to have a good weekend, sort of climbing through the field, and you know, being fortunate to be in third place at the end. Yeah, he did. So he benefited some for some really good strategy, which his teammate did not. Um, got put on the right tires at the right time, and and performed really well. Yeah, I mean, it's no it's no mean feat for him to be able to keep up with. Uh, Checo at all in a mm. Red Bull in those conditions. He drove really well. Um, I think if Max is Thanos, I think Alpine might be like the Joker of uh, of Formula One. Like they're just, oh, you, they're just... You've, gone, you've gone from MCU to DC yeah. now. Hey, <laughs> I, I, what can I say? I've got a varied palette when it comes to uh, <laughs> my comic book references. What next? What next? <laughs> um, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, I just think uh, Alpine, they just thrive on the chaos. Like, if you think about the two podiums they've got, I mean, like, the one in Martin and Monaco was kind of broadly on merit and Esteban putting a really good lap, but it was wet. Like, yeah. they, they seem to, whenever it chucks it down with rain and a bit of, there's a bit of madness in the race, you, know, you see 160 odd overtakes and two buckets of rain fall all over the circuit during the race, and everybody has to switch from slicks to inters, back to slicks, back to inters again. Some people get put on the full wet tyre. And all that kind of madness that ensues, it does feel to me like Alpine often are the ones that find themselves in a situation to benefit the most. Mm, um, mm. But that's nothing. That's not taking anything away from Gasly. Like he did drive a really good race, and yeah, like once he got the inters on, he had really good pace. Like the Alpine was brilliant. Like you know, kept up with the Red Bull for the most most of the yeah. race, like during the lion's share of the, the lap. So can't complain too much about that. Um, yeah, he's pretty good in those conditions, I think, in general as well. So yeah, really good weekend. He was very pleased as well. Did you hear his radio? No, I've not seen that. Oh, he was going mental. Like when, yeah, oh, when, when they that. said to him it was P3, he was just shouting, yes, like oh, dark radio. Nice. I do like Pierre Gasly. He seems a nice guy. Yeah. No, I was I was very pleased for him. Uh, we'll come on to the predictions in a moment, and that's why I'm slightly less pleased now <laughs> yesterday. Uh, but yeah, no, really good weekend. And exen- kind of exactly what Al- Alpine needed. Like they just needed a result yeah. and a bit of a break from all the madness. And we, we you know. Listeners, go back, listen to a, a, the recent episode that we did on them um, to understand what's going on there, if you like. Um, but yeah, they're on track. They did a really good job. And yeah, they got the strategy for Gasly just right as well. So yeah, very good. On the topic of getting strategies right, a team that didn't seem to get their strategies right at all were Mercedes with them. Seemed, seemed to think that the weather was not going to be as bad as it was. So left the drivers out for longer than they probably should have been. Um, and I didn't. they didn't feature much in the highlight package, but they didn't come across as happy... And I think as well, they were predicting to be up for, you know, challenging for the win or be on the podium. Mm-hmm. And neither driver were anywhere near the podium. Well, George got unlucky by being tagged by Lando Norris. Um, but, you know, Lewis wasn't close to the podium either as well. What, what do you make of Mercedes as well? And I think, McLaren, you know, we also want to cover McLaren as well because they've also had a bit of a poor weekend. Yeah, Mercedes had a shocker, 
I think. Uh, so I've given them my Latifi. Right. First time I've awarded them one this season. Big moment, big moment. So we're not we're not biased. Just uh, we're not we're not fully pro uh, Mercedes. No, I, and honestly, I think if if Ferrari had had the weekend Mercedes had, the memes on Twitter, mm. well, the artist mm. formerly known as Twitter, would have been. <laughs> I mean, delicious for podcast makers, obviously, um, because the content is uh, get it in my veins. But yeah, like for Mercedes, it was so bad. So I've I've made a list, Will, of the things Mercedes did wrong over the course of okay. the race weekend. Okay, far gone, far away. So it all started uh, during qualifying, and they decided to offset Lewis's run plan with everybody else in Q two. So whilst Lewis was doing hot laps, bear in mind the circuit is you know it's a postage stamp. Tiny yeah, little circuit. Very, There's very always small. loads of traffic, as you as you would expect. Um, they they decided to offset him with the entirety of the rest of the grid. So every time Lewis did a quick lap, he was trying to get round people who were doing warm up laps. He got held up three times during the course of Q1 and Q2. And in Q2, the particularly bad one was Yuki held him up and then got a penalty, as you would expect. But um, the fact that the Mercedes put him in that situation, I was watching it and I was fuming. I texted you, didn't I? And I just said, shit yeah, show. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you were like, what's going on? I was like, don't worry about it. Enjoy the wedding. I'll tell you later. <laughs> but Mercedes are just bugging it, basically. Um, then they started Lewis on the medium tyre, right, in the race. Everybody else started on the soft tyre because they knew it was going to rain. And the best tyre to have when it's going to be a bit damp and slippery is the soft tyre, if, if you're not on an inter or a wet tyre, obviously, because there's more grip and you get them up to uh, temperature quicker. So Lewis is the only car out of all 20 starting on the medium. Mad- madness. Uh, and then it buckets down with rain. They don't pit either car. And you're a bit like, mm, okay, that's probably not the best decision. Lots of other people have come in. Checo uh, goes 20 seconds faster on the intermediate, right? That's his second lap. They don't bring either car in with everybody else like Checo. So they carry him, send him around. You're thinking, right, bring Lewis and George in lap two. You've missed the boat on lap one. Fine, but bring them in lap two. They left them both out to do another lap, right? Hearing me. On the slicks. Me. They lost more time. They finally bring Lewis in on lap three for his inters. And he comes out stone dead last. And then they bring George in lap four. Oh, George did three laps on slicks in the pouring rain. And like when it, um, and by the way, in the middle of lap two, the heavens absolutely open. So I kind of, I'm sort of with you on the, you know, Mercedes weatherman, weather woman, weather person, whoever it was, probably dropped the ball a bit. But the data was there. Like all they had to do was look at Checo's times yeah. and be like, "Oh shit, we should bring them in now." And they didn't. Left them out for ages, and they were both just running right at the back, and it was terrible. Um, they left Lewis out for so yeah, they left, yeah, exactly. They left Lewis out for so long um, on the mediums that uh, the rain was still coming down <laughs> as he was driving on the medium, dropped into last, uh, and then yeah, it was just it was just an absolute like catalog of catalog of errors, and. It's a shame because particularly Lewis was absolutely rapid. Like he was last, but he pulled that car up to sixth. Could have been fifth, but for some brilliant science defending and no DRS towards the end of the race. Um, yeah, it was a kind of, it was a disaster class that we're just not used to seeing from them. I don't think we'll see it again, probably this season. No. I should imagine Toto will be having some very, very serious conversations with people. How many headphones do you think you broke in the race? <laughs> yeah, probably quite a few. But you do, you do just think like, how many opportunities are Mercedes going to have to win a race this year? It's not going to be many, is it? And this was probably one of them. Changeable conditions, lots of madness, uh, loads of pit stops, lots of opportunity for overtakes. They had a really good car. 
for the circuit and for the conditions. They've got one of the best drivers ever. In wet as well. They've got one of the best drivers in the wet. Well, they've got two. They've got two brilliant drivers in the wet. George has shown it plenty of times as well. And both of them got totally screwed by, yeah, terrible strategic decisions. Um, And yeah, but for but for Lewis driving the wheels off the car and making like 14 overtakes. Um, it would have been pretty embarrassing. It would have been a pretty embarrassing weekend for them. So yeah, so George was very upset. He he didn't understand. He was on the radio saying, I was forecast a podium. How have we fucked this up so much, basically? Yeah. Sorry, you're going to need an explicit racing for this podcast. Because <laughs> I, I was really annoyed about it. Because I, again, I looked at the conditions and I thought, oh, these are good conditions for both of them. I know Lewis was starting 13th, but... And that's the other thing, by the way. Lewis was running 13th. Like, it's not like he was running second and they just missed the boat. They had so much opportunity to bring him in. But whatever, it's fine. Ship sailed. Um, I've made my peace with it. But yeah, there were a lot of points left on the table. Certainly a podium and potentially more. You never know. Um, yeah. So yeah, bit of a shame. I mean, if you're going to have a clanger, do it in a in a season where you're nowhere near the title fight. If you're doing that, if that happened in a title fight weekend, you know, it'd be absolutely, like, furious. But... Yeah, it still sounds like it was a slam dunk with Tifim. You know, if, if they if they get if there's their first one they've got, but they've done it in style. So fair play to them. Congratulations <laughs> on their first Latifi. You've 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 won it well. Yeah, no, they definitely have. Yeah, they've yeah slam dunk is definitely the right word. They absolutely dunked on both their drivers. <laughs> um, yeah, very frustrating for both of them. I think. I mean, George. Yeah, George was not happy. I mean, he obviously started pretty well. He got screwed by all the pit stop madness at the start. Didn't get brought in. Um, put they put him on the hard tire to run to the end, and then of course it rained again, <laughs> so he had to come in anyway and put more inters on. Just everything about the. I don't understand why they put him on the hard tire. That was another decision. I was like, why have you put him on the yes. slowest tire, knowing you don't need to use the hard tire? You've got loads of mediums and softs kicking around because everyone was running inters and stuff all through qualifying. What are you doing? Like you don't need to. Um, and the, every forecast going was saying there was going to rain. There was at least going to be some rain between then and the end of the race. And then, lo and behold, with ten laps to go, the heavens opened, and, and were, he had and to come ready in for it. Um, Whoever's in charge of their weather or whatever, I mean, with their weather system, someone is getting in a lot of trouble or yeah. having to explain themselves what has gone horribly wrong there. I just didn't. I just. I just don't understand it because, like, we, they all have access to the same radar, and we were yeah. watching it during the race. Like, you can yeah, see yeah, the yeah. screen. You can see the massive. Like red purple think... splodge coming in, you're like, it's going to rain in like yeah. five minutes' time. They can be really precise. So yeah, yeah I don't know what they were doing. But if you're seeing other teams, like what, what, what is the value of going? Oh no, they're they're wrong. But you know, Checo's going twenty seconds a lap quicker, but we'll keep going. And also, why, why did they not double stack them? That surely made more sense to do them both in the same lap, and yeah. that takes slightly longer than put George out for an extra lap. Yeah. Well, congratulations. They, they deserve their the TV from from what you sound. I'm that that's not all of that made the highlights package. So I'm, mm. I'm glad you've got me up to speed on that as well. No, I was making notes because I was studying more annoyed. I was like, how many <laughs> how many bad decisions can you fit into one weekend? Get out of your system. Get out of your system and vent yeah. it onto onto the page. I mean, someone that had a very good weekend was Albon. Again, he just he just looks like he's such he's in such control of that car and he's he's leading that team so well. Mm. I saw some of the moves he put on a few people was. Oh, he just—I just love the guy. I think he's such a nice personality. It's, he's having such a good season, and uh, he's scoring lots of points. Williams, yeah, they're doing—they're doing really well. I mean, this this wasn't really a race anybody expected Williams to be good at. I mean, Albon was quite funny in his um, post race. He uh, he was asked, 
you know, did that exceed your expectations? And he sort of said, yes. Um, and then they asked him where the pace came from. And he said, I don't know, <laughs> because they weren't forecasted to finish in the points at all. Because they've got a car that's really kind of low drag, quite quick on the straights, but not great through the corners. And Zandvoort's a very high downforce kind of circuit where cornering speed is sort of critical, really, to success. So, yeah, it came out of nowhere. But it, it looks like uh, they've developed the car in such a way they've got a bit more of a complete package now. They're not just a kind no, of low drag, speed demon, straight line car. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, he looked he looked in really impeccable form, mixing it with some very very good drivers. I mean, it was a match for match for the McLarens, I thought, um, which is no mean feat. I should say Hamilton overtook Norris as well on pure pace. So Mercedes had a really good package. Um, yeah, both both teams as well. But yeah, great for Williams um, picking up points. They're sort of comfortably in seventh in the constructors now, and if they carry on the way they're going, I can't see any reason why they can't earn a load more points over the next um, ten races. So, hasn't he scored more points than three teams? Yeah, he's single-handedly beating three whole teams. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, very whereas, good. Yeah, very. Whereas Max, Max was happening is single-handedly out beating nine teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I suppose we should bring back our feature, William and Williams. Sergeant, not a good one from him. He had a, a steering failure, so he ended up crashing. Mm. Do you think he? Do you think he should be worried about his future in F one? He's yet to score a point. He's had a few incidents where he's crashed or the car has failed at him. He's not making many errors. He's not Nicholas Satifi, but do you think he's he should be worried about his future in Formula One? Um, a, a little bit. I mean, he's got he's going to get to the end of the season. I don't think James Vowles and anybody else going to bin him off before then. No. Um, I mean, also don't think there are necessarily candidates out there who are going to come in and make a massive difference. So, Mick Schumacher. He's not. No, like I like Mick Schumacher a lot, but I don't think he's gonna. He's not going to be the one to come in and start guaranteeing you points finishes. Yeah, true, I don't think true. so. They may as well stick with with Sargent um, for the time being. But yeah, he he needs to score some points. Let's say between now and the end of the season. I think if he's still on zero points by the time the season ends, he he'll be out. They'll have to replace yeah. him. He was a bit unlucky this weekend. I mean, he got the car to Q three. That's a pretty pretty sterling effort for him as a rookie. Um, but yeah, he's he's being pretty pretty well dominated by Albon. He's passed up a couple of good opportunities now for points. I think there was some there was an opportunity for some points there yesterday. Um, I don't like, it was nothing nothing he could do. I mean, he had a steering issue um, that forced him understeered him wide and off. Uh, it wasn't like he made a mistake and just just spin the car. Um, but I think that sort of cumulatively over the course of the season so far, we've seen enough errors and. Because he crashed the car in qualifying as well, and stay at the end, of, uh, right at the start of Q one, um, we've seen we've seen enough errors and enough opportunities passed up that like you can make a bit of an assessment that he's a bit of a nearly man at the moment. He really needs yeah. to find a way to pick up some points soon, because otherwise he, the pressure will keep building and building, and we'll see more yeah. errors. And yeah, he, yeah, that's 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 a very very good description. He's a very much a nearly man. Whereas I think if you look at the other rookie in the in the season in the sport this season. Oscar Piastri just looks polished and, re- and like ready to you know, be a Formula One driver. As you know, Logan Sargent did not set Formula Two alight. Did not was not the best driver in Formula Two, and was probably slightly undeserving of getting the promotion to Formula One. And there are probably better drivers in Formula Two, but also in probably like IndyCar as well. There's quite a couple of drivers over there that are quite keen to come to the sport. And you know, I think he. He's definitely shown that he's not the finished article and ready to up and running, but he kind of needs to needs to get going. I would, you know, I'd say Zhao, Zhao is it Zhao? Zhou, Zhou, Zhao, Zhou, like in Joe. That's why I need to remind myself. Um, <laughs> Joe, like he 
was I think he had a better season last season. He put in some better performances and looked more polished and he was a better driver in Formula Two. So uh yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Sargent does the rest of the season. Um Monza's Monza feels like a really good opportunity for Williams. For, William, for Williams yeah. In, yeah, in particular, I think, and their package, but particularly uh him. You know, yeah. he's not he's not gonna have a better there's not gonna be a circuit that, that suits that car better, I think. So yeah. if it's if he's gonna score points, it's gonna be next weekend, I would have thought. Yeah, and, it, and even if he just gets tenth, that'd be a really good return. You know, he doesn't need to be getting fifth and sixth places, he just needs to be getting a point. So mm. a tenth would be, a tenth would be a good result for him. But um yeah, well, we'll see how they do. Um and with that we'll take a quick break. Hello, welcome back from the break. Hope you had a jolly old time. A very good weekend for the Dutch Grand Prix. 97% of the spectators of the 100,000 used sustainable travel to get there. So well done to the organisers for uh, for doing that. I saw footage of all the bicycles parked up, which is you know very very Holland. Um, but yeah, good to see good to see a sport really embrace that and try and you know so many people turning up and to get 97% is very very impressive. I wonder what the the other three percent did. I assume they must have driven, unless there's another form of transport. In, or they came in helicopters. <laughs> yeah, hey, that, I bet you. you know, in Formula One, that's exactly what that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ultra ultra elite were coming in there. But, uh, the tulip yeah. barons, the tulip barons, indeed, indeed. I suppose we should talk about one of the main stories of the of the weekend, and it didn't happen in the race. It was in qualif was it qualifying or FP two. FP2. Uh, no, it was a yeah, must have been FP2, yeah. FP2 was That's Daniel right, was, yeah. yeah, was Daniel Ricardo's crash. So Piastri's misjudges the corner and goes off. And then I think Ricardo is trying to sort of react to that and he then goes off in at the same corner. Mm. But his crash was worse because the steering wheel quite violently jolts, doesn't it? And he thwacks him in the hand and wrist. And he was seen coming out of the car like holding his uh, his wrist. And then was taken to hospital. It turns out he's broken his wrist, which is pretty pretty nasty. He's had a bone, uh, no, a metal plate put into it to sort of help it to heal. Mm. But yeah, what what did you make of Ricardo's nasty crash? Nasty crash. Yeah, it didn't look great. Um, it's quite a weird. It's quite a weird accident actually. It if was, you watch it, it was. Yeah, because it you'd, wasn't you'd, what I was expecting. No, you'd have thought it would have just been he's lost the car or something and um, had a shunt, but. Yeah, he sort of tried to. He saw obviously. I must have seen Piastri going off pretty late because I, I thought Piastri was quite far ahead of him on the roads, and he went off. And then you know, Ricardo comes along sort of a few seconds later, um, and it's not like you know visibility wasn't totally terrible, and he was taking evasive action. But for some reason, that evasive action resulted in him crashing into the same barrier that Piastri had. It was a bit of yeah. a weird. Before, yeah, it was a very unusual crash. Piastri, wasn't it? Sorry. He crashed a bit further. Piastri crashed yeah. a bit in front of him. And, That's and right. He, yeah, which you, you think he would react to it afterwards and be behind him? Yeah, or yeah, it would just go the other direction. Like he was because mm-hmm. it was on just yeah, he could have just gone to had gone to Piastri's left potentially, or at least tried to. I mean, he must have thought about it. I mean, he's a professional racing driver. He clearly must have reacted in the mm-hmm. way that most uh, most would have done. But it just looks weird, like when you see it on on TV. So yeah, bit of a shame for him. Um, yeah, it didn't look like a nice accident. I mean, I guess he's fortunate. It's just a, a broken wrist and nothing yeah. more, nothing more serious because yeah. he'll be back running 
few races time probably or a couple of races time yeah they, they were saying that usually for that you know for a normal human it would take three or four months to recover from that but because of the surgery and you know the strength in his arms and stuff as well Formula one driver they think he could be back in time for singapore mm, so it, nice. it will be it will be interesting to see when he is when he's back in in the car i know they've uh they've said that liam lawson who will come to in second he's going to be uh in the car for monza which is you know completely predictable but yeah. yeah, I think I think Danny Rick will be annoyed that he's going to be out of action because he's using this as an audition, right, to get the the Red Bull seat, and he's going to be robbed of of that. But you know, as long as Checker keeps bidding it and making mistakes, he probably feels like he doesn't need to be uh he doesn't need to be in the car as much as he as he probably needed to a couple of races ago. But um, yeah, Liam Lawson, the junior driver, the New Zealander. What did you make of him? I I didn't see much of him in the coverage, but I you know. From what I've heard, I've heard good things. He looked very good. Yeah, he looked really comfortable actually in the car. Um, had some quite fun wheel to wheel action with um, mm. Charles Leclerc. Put a nice move on Max Verstappen as well to unlap himself, um, which he didn't have to do, but he did. Um, and yeah, finished a pretty respectable thirteenth in the end. So, yeah, a very good, uh, very good weekend for him. Pretty good audition, I think. You know, Monza will be another good one. I do, I, I do worry a little bit for Alfatari at Monza. Um, yeah, I mean it's sort of home territory for them, isn't it? But uh, the car doesn't look great on high-speed power circuits like that one. Uh, so we'll see. Fingers crossed, um, they'll be competitive, and we can see him uh, sort of battling in the midfield. Never know, maybe score a point if there's some carnage up front. Um, but yeah, no, he looks he looks really good. I would be I wouldn't be surprised at all if he got a drive. I mean, I think if if Sergeant continues to struggle. Um, I mean, you know, they'll have to prize him out of the Red Bull program, which isn't particularly easy, but they did it with Albon uh, before. Yeah. Um, he could well be a pretty good good option for somebody. Yeah, definitely. Well, he could. You know, if you think if you think Ricardo takes Perez's seat and Perez gets dropped completely by the team, he could be a very good AlphaTauri driver for next season. It could be him and Yuki as a partnership. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about the Checo thing. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You, I see them dropping him. Interesting. Actually. I mean, I, I I would, and so would you. But you're looking. Yeah. We're both looking at this through the kind of. Wouldn't it be great to have someone competitive in the car? Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. isn't like just miles off it. Whereas, yeah, I think unless unless it at the I mean, the only situation I could see it happening is if it's much closer early doors next season. Like if a Ferrari or a Mercedes get themselves into the fight, and Leclerc or Hamilton or whoever have like won a couple of races at the start, and Checo's had quite a poor performance, hasn't helped Max out. And they're thinking, oh, this is going to be a really close world championship now. Maybe they'll make a change. But as long as Max is just walking it and no one can get within, you know, mm. a second of him in qualifying or within 30 seconds of him in a race, regardless of the situation, I guess they don't have to worry too much about their second driver. And the car's bulletproof. Like, they've had no, they've had, if they had, they haven't had a single failure yet, have they? No. No, they've not had a single course. DNF yet. I mean, a lot no. of teams haven't, but, you know. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm less confident of that happening, but there will be seats available. I think, yeah, either either at AlphaTauri, um, if Ricardo decides not to continue next season, that's possible. Yeah, um, you've got Alfa Romeo in the mix. I mean, they're not doing too great. I'm not necessarily sure that Bottas will stick around no, for another season. Saying, Don't know. Saying Joe, well, they're saying Bottas is either clinging on till they become Audi, or he's just he's going to tap out. And then there's all saying Joe. I saw reports on. Uh, Twitter saying that Joe may have losing some of his funding that he's got, some of the yeah. backing he's got, and you know that's obviously a big thing for them. And they could maybe afford to be a bit pickier if they're, uh, you know, go on talent rather than just on talent and money. 
So mm. maybe they might go for someone a bit different as well. But yeah, and we, Hass- we'll be, yeah. Well, Hass, no, Hass, well, Hass have confirmed, haven't they? Yeah, they've got Magnussen and, and Hulkenberg, which is a smart move from them, really. Yeah. Um, and there's not many people. There's not many people that were drivers. You know, there's not a big pool of ex Formula One drivers waiting to come back into the sport. It's probably just. Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin, which is uh, not not much of a pool to pick from. No, and then you're taking a punt on IndyCar or a junior from F2, which I don't think there are any there aren't any mega standouts at the moment. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I suppose that does that does that conclude our chat of the actual race? Should we come on to our predictions then? Yes, of the race because I'm I'm very intrigued. You've given a few hints throughout the episode about. What's what's gone down? So uh, over to you. What what were the scores on the doors? All right. So uh, Monza Grand Prix results. So you not Monza, not Monza. Oh, sorry, Monza. What talk about uh, Zandvoort Grand Prix results? Monza will come to you shortly. <laughs> uh, Zandvoort Grand Prix results. So you had Kevin Magnussen, who you nice. predicted to finish in fifteenth, and he finished in sixteenth. Uh, so you picked up one point. Oui. Very good. Uh, you had Oscar Piastri. Who you predicted to finish in seventh? He finished in ninth, picked up okay. two points. Very good. That. And then that. the one you slipped on a little bit was uh, you had Joe Guan Yu predicted fourteenth, and he finished in eighteenth. So you got four points for him. So you finished okay. on a total of seven. Very respectable. I feel that was a safe bet to go fourteenth. It was a safe one to go because it could have gone one or two ways. So I'm going to do mine in reverse order. Okay. I had Daniel Ricciardo, and we spoke pre-podcast and agreed that I would just take whatever Liam Lawson's result was. Yeah. Uh, I predicted Ricardo to finish in 14th. Lawson very helpfully finished in 13th, so I picked up one point. Nice. I nice. then uh, matched you with Lewis. I had Lewis Hamilton predicted fourth. He finished sixth, so I picked up two points. Quite close so far. And then I had Pierre Gasly, who I predicted to finish in 12th. And he and finished he got... in third. Oh. So I picked up nine points because oh. uh, Alpine carnage resulted in them somehow picking up a podium uh so i finished on 12 total so yeah you've, you've increased your advantage by five this week well done wee, wee. well i mean bloody alpine they let me down again i feel like alpine and aston martin have screwed me many times <laughs> this season and mclaren once but i forgive them for that because you know, rubbish back then <laughs> but yeah god alpine dear, dear but you're still happy you're still happy that pierre got his podium right i am right? of course i'll be happy right <laughs> up until the point i have to submit the forfeit and buy some bloody red bull merchandise to wear on the <laughs> well, podcast it, next season it, next season it might, it might be you know a max unwinnable uh you know what what do you say if he wins every race yeah from around the end you've got to get something a commemorative max winning uh everything yeah. t-shirt or something yeah 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 but yeah, yeah. well, you know they might they might have some good uh 10 10 wins in a row or 17 wins in a row whatever ends up being so uh <laughs> yes you can get on that as well and so coming on to monza i should say i i teased this at the start uh there is something called the monza curse mm-hmm. and yeah and uh so apparently since 2019 every driver who's won uh monza encounters misfortune the the following year so charles won and then the, in the following year he binned it massively into the wall which was that that bit that went kind of viral on drive to survive because they over dramatized the crash when it wasn't as bad as it was they used footage of him crashing oh, out yeah. of a recording of him crashing from something out, somewhere else yeah exactly um and then with gasly he he crashed again the following year danny rick broke down and then max won last year so what's going to happen to max this year and has anyone got Max in the prediction game? Let's let's find out. All right, your so your first driver, number four, his goatedness, Lewis Hamilton. 
God, he, we get him so often. I know, I know. I think we've had him three three in a row now. Wow, wow. Uh, Lewis at Monza. I'm gonna, I, you know what? I'm gonna back. I'm gonna back the goat. I'm and I, my brother as well. I want him to come third. I want him to come third. Third. Yeah, third. Third. I was gonna change the second, but no, we've got to stick with what we say. We're going third. Okay. Interesting. All right. Uh, then you've got number eighteen, Kevin Magnuson. You just had. You got him again. He didn't let you down this week, did he? I'm gonna go fourteenth again. Okay. And then you got, and this is a tricky one. Number six, Charles Leclerc. Oh god, oh god! Ferrari at their home race in a terrible season. <laughs> it's oh, a recipe man. for pantomime. I'm gonna go seventh. God, that feels really mean saying seventh for Ferrari at Monza. So, okay, all right, that's it. That's interesting because I actually think Ferrari. It's gonna favor. It's gonna favor them that circuit. Ferrari and Williams are gonna be oh, the God. the point scoring others. Yeah, but, I think this. Yeah, but this Ferrari, Ferrari are the meme. They will. They will cock it up somehow. They will. They will make some unforced error. Yes, I agree. There are a lot of factors on your side with that prediction. <laughs> so, very good. Okay, uh, I got. Uh, so this is quite. Oh, I don't know what. Oh, actually, I don't know what I'm gonna do with these three. Oh, I really don't. I really. So I haven't got Max. But I'm really okay. tempted to predict somebody else to win the race. <laughs> because I feel like the curse... Fernando Alonso. <laughs> he's equaled Vettel's record, but he's not beaten yeah, it yet. Yeah. And Monza could be a really good circuit for a couple of other teams. Okay, all right. So first of all, I got Checo, number two. Okay. Do, you, do you back him? Is he going to pull it together and uh, get it get it up to number one? I think it's almost impossible for that Red Bull to not finish in the top two, surely, on that circuit. Oh, I can't. So I really should have. Like, I should know what che- Checo's. He's too hard to predict. He's too hard to predict. He's probably one All right, of the hardest I'll, ones to predict. I'll, I'll back him. I'm gonna go. Oh, oh, I feel sick. Red Bull one two. I'll go Checo second. Oh, I thought you were gonna go first for a second then. No, no. The one I was gonna go for first is the next one. So oh. I got number eight, Lando Norris. I fancy Lando to win his first race. Oh, nice, nice. Are you gonna go for first then, or are you just is that teasing? No, it? because I've gone. I've gone Checo second now, and like. I mean, I suppose the, it's the only situation in which Lando wins Max DNFing, probably. Yeah. And if anyone's going to finish second, it's going to be Checo, isn't it? So yeah. I am tempted, but I just... It's hard to envisage Max not winning at the moment. Yeah. As fun as I, it would be. This curse this curse could be a load of rubbish as well. It could. Um, so I'm going to go... I'm going to go Lando third. Ooh. I think McLaren I think McLaren will be at, at the races next weekend. Ooh. Uh, and then right. I got number three, Fernando Alonso. And I'm going to go fourth. So I've gone two, three, two, three, four for my predictions. So you're not predicting a good weekend for Mercedes then? Uh, no. Doesn't look like it, does it? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure Lewis will be there or thereabouts, but I don't know. Aston well, he's Martin, not, not going to be in the podium. No. Aston Martin, new floor. Unless, unless Lewis gets the win after Max DNFs. I mean, that would be amazing. I mean, put it this way. If the price to be paid for seeing someone else, particularly a driver I like, winning a race this season is I have to lose the prediction game, I will gladly pay it at this point. Because I'm miles behind anyway. I may as well. Um, Whatever it takes. And obviously the British bias is kicking in. I want it to be one of Lando or Lewis or Piastri. Um, Or George. 
Or George, yeah. I mean, I I take any of them really. Like I would, I would. Or Albon. <laughs> I mean, could you, oh, could you imagine if Williams won a race? That would be so good. Oh, imagine if Albon wins wins his first race. Oh, that I'd would be amazing. Oh, you see, you're you're, you're building hope. You're I'm building hope, and I'm going to tune in for FP1 on Friday, and Max and then, is going to be like eight seconds ahead or something. I'll be like, well, yeah, yeah, screw it. Oh, and so yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see. I mean, we feel like we've 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 done our predictions for the race win. It's gonna be. It could be Max, or it could be someone someone different. I think. So, uh, I mean, that's that's an obvious thing to say, but it could be it could be an unexpected one. Ho- hopefully, Monza always always sometimes serves up a good one. So I'm yeah. I'm gonna say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hope for it. I'm not gonna pray for it. But I'm just gonna point out in the past, Monza has, has thrown up some good curveballs. Yeah, yeah. It, it, any situation in which Max doesn't win next weekend, the race is bound to be good. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right. Uh, I think that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thanks very much for joining us. Remember to subscribe and leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. If you enjoyed the podcast, why don't you share it with a friend? Hopefully they enjoy it more than I enjoyed Mercedes catastrophically doing everything they could to ruin Lewis and George's races yesterday. Very good. Very Um, good. The taking notes was a good element of catharsis, but I'm still in and you've got it out of your system as well by giving them a Latifi. So you you know you you're on the you're on the steps for forgiveness. And yeah, we'll let them yeah. know. We'll let them know. Drop drop them a line. And just say just say you know lads, you you you've been awarded your first Latifi this season. I'll tag them. I'll tag them on Instagram. Yeah. All right. Uh, on Twitter we are at Lights Out Lads, and on Instagram, uh, as you have just mentioned, uh, we are at the Lights Out Pod. Uh, Will, we're off to Italy. No Italian accent from you there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not not in this episode. <laughs> Needs a bit of work. <laughs> Terrible. Getting practicing some of the some added trophies for next week. But yeah, oh, that well. wasn't that wasn't your best. But yeah, no. Let's let's hope it's a good one. Let's see what the weather serves up and let's hope Max you know, the curse is the curse is strong and uh Max doesn't get his all his own way and he ends up uh beating Vital's record. Although I did see the last time Vettel won uh, not when he won his nine sector races. The following uh, six seasons were won by Lewis Hamilton. So just mm. saying. Just it's funny saying. you mentioned Vettel actually because I was just thinking about Monza and like what's one of my fondest Monza memories, and it is actually Sebastian Vettel winning in a Ferrari yeah. and then doing the crazy frog down the radio afterwards. Or when he won his first ever win, win the Alpha t- in the Alpha Tauri. Was that a Monza? Tour Rosso, Tour Rosso yeah. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. His first win in the wet. He was out of nowhere. He came out and stormed it. Well, let's hope he rocks up next weekend. It's good, good luck, charm. Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, that's all. All the best from us. I'll have a voice next week, uh, and it won't be as husky as this. Uh, all the best, and goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>